Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. And welcome to Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. Today, our guest is Venus Morris Griffin. I'm so excited to have her here. She's from one of my favorite states, Georgia. There's just something about that Southern charm um, that I just love. And it's um, steeped with peaches, of course, and sunshine, um, and also a really rich story. Uh, When I found out about Venus and her story, it just struck me as completely inspirational. So Venus, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here. Okay. So I am 49 years old. I'll be 15 March. I have seven children ranging in age from six to 26. Uh, I sell real estate. Um, I'm a top producer of 60 plus million a year. And I've um, only been in the workforce for the past little over 10 years. Uh, I was a stay-at-home mom of of six children uh, when my husband was uh, sentenced to 45 years in prison, and um, I was in a two-bedroom house and had no income. I was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and had no idea how I was going to even meet their basic emotional and financial needs. Um, so I just got my real estate license and I tell people I didn't have a plan B because, you know, my only plan B was plan A, which was to put my big girl pants on and try to figure something out quick. Um, so I just, just got to work when my husband went away and, um, pulled my children close to me and we, you know, we're a really tight, close-knit family and, and figured it out together. My oldest son was 15 at the time. And he took over the role of being the father in the family and um, helped me go to work full time so I could um, have someone to care for my one-year-old and three-year-old. So, um, yeah. And so now I share my story all over the country because I I say I'm proof that with God and hard work and determination that you can not only get through anything, you can achieve anything um, that you you want to. Mm. What a powerful, powerful story. And, and you, you say it like, you know, oh yeah, I did that, you know, but it's like, oh my gosh, how many of us just have one or two children um, and find ourselves in exactly the same position, not sure where to go, feeling right. overwhelmed and hopeless and losing their job. I mean, there's just so much uncertainty at this time. And you, the fact that you did it and that you're wildly successful with it uh, is just extraordinary. And yes. uh, what a heroic task your son took over. Wow. Yes, he's amazing. He's um, actually graduating dental school in May and um, president of his class. And he's still over at my house uh, almost every night, helping his 12-year-old brother study for tests and homework. Just once you take over that role of being a parent, you just don't let it go. So he's never relinquished his responsibility in helping me with his younger siblings. So it's Mm. it's a blessing. That's so beautiful. Well, and it's because you raised him that way too, I imagine. Yes. He's a really, I really can't um, 
take too much credit, but he's a great boy. So <laughs> just your genes yeah. and yeah. Well, your attitude, <laughs> all those nights you put him to bed. <laughs> well, yeah. So I was a stay-at-home mom, you know, 15 years. And I tell people now I get lots of awards. I make seven-figure income and nothing even compares to what it takes to raise children and to be a mom. And um, what I do now is actually cakewalk um, compared to what I did, you know, being a mom of all these. I had four kids, five and under at one time, and I literally thought I was going to go crazy. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, what I what I learned early on and I tell my children, my daughter has twins now, and I, I tell them um, the first thing you've got to do to be a good mom and, and to be good in the workforce and successful is you've got to take care of yourself. And so much like the analogy of putting the oxygen mask on yourself in the airplane, you got to, in life, you've got to put that oxygen mask on yourself and, and start with self-care. Because if you don't care for your mental and physical well-being, then you, you can't care for the people you love. Mm. And uh, Venus, so, you're speaking my language. Yeah. And most women end up not taking that time and then they end up in burnout they end up in divorce. They end up, um, you know, having some kind of health issue. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really predictable if we don't take the time. So now, uh, you know, with this wildly successful business that you run with yeah. your real estate business and having all your children, um, most of them at home still, um, what is your carve out time? Like how do you t- do your self-care time? So I, um, I get up at five o'clock every morning and I go to the gym I work out for about an hour and a half and that's my time. And I really, really had a hard time training myself to do that. But once you do it and you do it consistently, you know, they say 21 days, it took me like 60, your body craves it and it becomes a habit. And it's really, it's not as heroic or difficult as it sounds. It's like natural, you know, you're in the gym and it's funny because I look around at five o'clock, nobody's there except ultra successful people yeah. because you've got to, you got to, you know, you've got to get up, you've got to get your day going. And, you know, that starts with prioritizing yourself. And, and I've got seven kids, so I can't, I'm not going to take, you know, get off at work at five o'clock and go to the gym for two hours because then it does become, it feels selfish to me because they need me also. Yeah. Yeah. They need me. So I go from five o'clock, I go to bed at 10, Mm -hmm. I get up at five and I'm at the gym until six 30, get up, get back, um, get all my children up for school. Yeah. I've still bathed my little one. Um, and the first year when my husband was in prison, we actually went to mass every day, six days a week at Mm -hmm. 7am. And then I would, uh, you know, start my work day, but once you start that, once you start that routine of, of making your stuff, do it. And, you know, you, you also in, in the workforce, I found you, you teach people how to treat you by the way you treat yourself, mm-hmm. you know, well and, and, and I'm not saying that you have to be a size two or zero or four, but you need to be in shape mentally and physically. Um, and, and people respect you more because if you can't take care of your personal life, how do you expect others to trust you with some of the largest financial transactions that they encounter? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it, it starts here with yourself and then, you know, my kids are, you know, I don't drink. So, you know, my kids, I mean, I don't have any kids that have problems with alcohol and, you know, in college, they've of course drank, but 
you know, they watch what you do. They watch me get up at five o'clock and work out. They watch me not drink. They watch me go to church every Sunday. And I don't want to do a lot of that. You know, sometimes I don't want to go to church, but I, I go because I know that I'm getting something from it while I'm there, even if I don't think I'm getting something. So for me, that that's powerful. And I tell my kids, you sometimes you don't realize the benefits that you're receiving by working out by, you know, having your spiritual time, um, but you're getting grace while you're, you're going through the actions. Mm-hmm. I love that. You're getting grace while you're going through the actions. That's a beautiful, beautiful reminder. Because for me, my greatest source of freedom has come through the discipline. And what you're describing is a kind of discipline. Yes. Um, and you have to interrupt your patterns to get different results. And I have to say, all the people that I work with on the different marketing teams and things, the people who exercise are a completely different caliber than people who are unfit. And, and it's really no different with your physical fitness and your mental fitness. Mm-hmm. I know that might sound strange, but our bodies are meant to move and there's definitely no supplement. There's no food. There's no uh, device that's going to give you the results that a regular, you know, workout five to six days a week is going to do, um, or even seven days a week. Although, um, my daughter forces me, she's like, mom, we need to take a day off, but you're right. We have to model for our kids. And my goodness, it's paying off. I mean, she, she definitely rebelled for many years, but now she's like, I'm turning into you. It's so annoying. (laughs) Well, they, you know, they'll, they'll follow your example, good or bad. Usually they'll come back to it. (laughs) Yeah. I also don't drink. I also go to church on Sunday. I also exercise some days at five, uh, some days at six and some days at seven, but it's definitely every day. Yeah. And it doesn't matter when you do it, what it, whatever works for you. But me, you know, I always thought I would just be a mom. I never planned on my husband going to prison. I never planned on getting back in the workforce. I planned on being a mom and sometimes life throws you curveballs and you have to adjust. So now, you know, I'm in the workforce full time and, you know, you just take care of business and do what you've got to do, but it's, it is discipline. My, um, my 24 year old about five years ago comes to me and she says, mom, you know, I know you're, you know, I'm small, but I, I was, I'll say a, a skinny out of shape person, if that makes sense. And she says, I want to train you and I want to, you know, help you get a six pack on your stomach. And I'm like, hmm. okay, Julia, I'm like, I'll be, I'm 45 years old, but whatever. So she says, well, I want you to get up and go to the gym with me at 5am and we're going to work out for an hour and a half every day. And in about eight months, you should, you should start to see a difference. I'm like, what? And so of course I didn't believe that in eight months that I would see a difference, but I wanted to support my daughter. And so I was willing to do whatever I could to encourage her to be successful and, and achieve her goal of, you know, fitness and helping other people with their fitness. So we went to the gym every morning together at 5 a.m., And, you know, after one month, two months, three months, I'm not seeing any difference, four months, not seeing a difference, you know, five months. I'm like, wow, I kind of, I'm seeing a little definition here, six months, seven months, you know, by eight months, I had like a six pack. And I tell people in real estate, I said, you know, when you're in real estate, it's no different or whatever job you do, you might not see the results one month, two months, three months, four months, five months, but you just keep at it. And if you keep at it with a consistency, you're going to see a result. But you got to keep at it and not think because you're not seeing it the first five, six, seven months that you're failing, um, because what you're doing is your condition, your body to be even better. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at the end of that eight months, you know, I've tried to keep that, you know, now my 12 year old thinks it's really cool that his 50 year old mom is in shape. But <laughs> that discipline in life, it carries you all the 
everywhere. Yeah, that's so beautiful that you had that partnership and that you guys could do that together. And it does carry you everywhere. But I think we all need to hear that message right now because we do. We want to throw the towel in when we're not seeing huge jumps in the scale or huge, you know, definition. I think abdominals, especially after seven children, you know, Mm -hmm. are probably more challenging than someone who hasn't had children or, yes. you know, uh, to, to, to tone. So that's extraordinary. And it I wasn't gained like 55 pounds with my children. I was not like this skinny pregnant woman. I ate, I did what I wanted to do. And I just happened to gain a lot of weight and which you, you should, you know, not worry about your weight when you're pregnant. I ate healthy, but my body said, I, I guess needed more. So you can get back into shape. It doesn't matter how many, you, you okay. can't use children as an excuse to be unfit. So. I totally agree with that. Um, and this is not the topic for our t- conversation today, but I just want to note that uh, your pregnancies didn't necessarily come easily to you. You're not, is that true? No, I had a donor. Um, so my first husband could not have children. So we had the same donor for all six children, um, never met him. And at the time it wasn't cool. So you didn't tell people. Um, in fact, my kids only learned that they came from a donor, maybe, um, I guess when he went to prison 10 years ago and, uh, yeah, but now they're comfortable with me sharing it. You know, technology is amazing and you feel like it's right for you. There's, there's more than one way to conceive. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, a stereotypical husband, wife way. So. And I think it goes into the discipline conversation. It's like, if you really want it, there are a lot of different ways to, to get it. And I think you're yeah. living proof of that, which is such it a took beautiful- eight inseminations to get pregnant with my first. Eight huh. with my first, four inseminations with my second, my third, it was two. And then I got pregnant the first time with the rest of them. So my body figured out, okay, this is what's happening. So, um, <laughs> but I love it. You know, I, I'm, I am um, Catholic and uh, it, it, it's not something the Catholic church um, believes in or condones. And I've, when it came out, I lost a lot of very close friendships um, because, you know, Sorry. but I, I feel like God gives us a mind and that we can use it. And I didn't feel like I was doing something wrong. I, we conceived out of love and, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. That's so, so beautiful. Yeah. When you're feeling tired though, like we all do, you know, at, a, at the end of a long day or a long week, what is your go-to practice, so to say, uh, to kind of get yourself rejuvenated, to give yourself the energy, restore yourself? So um, I work a lot. So when I'm not, um, you know, working out in the mornings, getting my children off of school, I'm at work and then I come home and I spend time with my children. I really, I really don't um, go out a lot. I just hang out with my family. Um, I like to go on bike rides with my six-year-old. And, um, you know, I was a runner for many, many years. Um, But, you know, my relaxation is just hanging out with my kids. They always have, I've made this amazing um, atmosphere at home. So, you know, it's my son having his dental class friends over or my 12-year-old having, my 14-year-old having her whole grade over for New Year's party. And it's just me but it's so much fun. It's, it's where I sit back because I had a very dysfunctional childhood, very traumatic childhood. I sit back and I look at these little precious lives and there's really nothing I'd rather do than than be with them. That's so beautiful. I think a lot of women don't give themselves permission to restore themselves. And every woman that I've interviewed Venus has been different. Like yeah. everything from what you're saying to uh, reading to, you know, everyone has a different thing. And I, and I love that it doesn't have to be a bath, you know, in isolation yes. or I should you know, take a bath every night. 
I love taking baths. It's like one of my things. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Different salts and essential oils. And that's a big thing for me for restoration. Um, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, yesterday I went on this beautiful long walk with my daughter and I just came back feeling so filled up. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I like you, I just marvel at how extraordinary of a person she's become. And I just, it's just, there's nothing that satisfies me and restores me in the same way as that. When you have seven, you know, I've got a 26, 24, um, 22, 20, 14, uh, 12, and a six-year-old. Really, I'm, you know, I'm going to visit my daughter in Savannah who's in college, taking her out to lunch on a Saturday because it's only a two-hour drive. Or I'm going to Statesboro, going to a, a party with my other daughter who's drinking. And, but, you know, she wants me to come hang out with her and throw That's darts. So cool. It's, it's so much, <laughs> it's so it. much fun. Or, or if it's my son, watching my son bring his, you know, dental school friends over, his girlfriend, and um, just watching their joy and happiness and maturing into people, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible. Mm. And what else is another thing that's incredible is that you've actually um, taken the time to write a book. Yes. Tell us about your book, because I'm really interested to hear uh, why you wrote it and um, what you hope for it. Yeah. So I wrote my book because I promised God that when I got through the darkness, that I would share my story to help other people, because it's a very hard story. It's um, oftentimes humiliating when I share certain things, but I think we all have a cross that we carry and it's all relative. You know, my story, my husband going to prison for 45 years and me having, you know, six kids, one to 15 years old is really tough, but it's, it's all relative to the person who loses their job and just can't figure out what their next step in life. It feels the same. And I share my story to give people hope that, oh my God, this lady came from a childhood of being on the verge of homelessness and, you know, you know, living with friends to, to get by and to work in two jobs to put herself through college, to have an, an abusive husband to, you know, to now who produces millions of dollars a year, who's paid her house off, her car off, her kids' education, and, you know, mentally um, somewhat healthy. Uh, it gives people hope that if I can do this, that they can do what I've done and probably more because they don't have seven kids. I mean, really, um, you can do anything that you set your mind to and um, have joy, but you've got to have a decision to, to, to do that. Mm, I love that. And not have be a, a victim. To do that. Not be yeah, a victim. not be a victim. You know, when my yeah. husband went to prison, the first thing that I did, I'll never forget, I came home and I set all six of them and they were one, three, four, eight, 11, 13, and 15. I said, I'm in a circle. And I told them, I said, you know, the first thing we're going to do as a family is this, we're going to forgive your dad. We are never, ever going to say anything bad about him. And I'm going to pick myself up and I am going to take care of you. I don't know what that means, but I know what I've been through and I am your mom and we are going to get through this together. And we're going to be an example to, to not only us, but to the community of, of what grace can, can get you. And I had no idea, you know, again, I, I was in a two bedroom and didn't know how I was going to, I didn't have two pennies to rub together, mm. but you know, you work hard and people, you don't, people see that you work hard and success will follow you. So, um, yeah. so the book is about your journey. What is the title of the book? Venus? It's unvalidated. It won't probably be out till this summer. So I've got this big thing going on in New York right now. As soon as that's complete, 
then we'll um, move it to the publicist and, and do that. So, but you and can what, find me on social media and, and they'll update you there. Yeah. And what was the subline? So validated. And then there's a subline. Um, it's basically just learning to, to matter through trauma, finding your place. Um, Mm. and and taking ownership. That was something that I really felt into when I was looking at the book and, um, yeah, feeling into it. And so, so we get to see matter what happens to you. That's what I try to tell people. It really doesn't matter. You, you don't have to be a victim of, of what's happened. You know, I don't, I've met my father one time. My mother was an alcoholic in mental hospitals. You know, you, doesn't matter. You can be joyful. You can overcome as long as you can forgive people. Yes. And take ownership, take ownership. And I think also bring our hearts to God and, and have that humility to ask for help. Um, because the older I get, the more I realize I'm not really in control. Yeah. I have my will. I have my desire, you know, I have my, you know, my values, but at the end of the day, um, I have to really bring my heart and, and lay it down and my crosses, you know, that I'm bearing. And, um, I'm so excited about your book and all the women and people. It's cool. I think it'll it'll be helpful. And and life is still hard. You know, I don't want to paint a picture like, Oh my God, like it's perfect. It's still hard. There's peaks and valleys, but as long as you know, there's more peaks, there's more valleys and it's, it's only a temporary state. You know, tell my kids like Jesus died on a cross. Why do we think everything's supposed to be so easy? (laughs) We think if it's not easy, we're doing something wrong. And that's just not the reality. It's you know, nice. it's, you know, the top of the mountain is lonely and cold. You know, it's, it's the journey to the top of the mountain where you develop your grit and your determination. It's true. And um, the, we were looking at Matthew, I think it's chapter 10, where it says Jesus came not for the righteous, but yeah. for sinners. And I thought that was really interesting um, because actually, you know, we really do need to come and bring our, bring our hearts to him in, in their honesty. And that kind of honesty is also what creates our ability to see clearly what, where our work is mm-hmm. and to, to ask for grace and experience grace. Like, like, you know, I mean, you experience a lot of grace, but you also put your grit into it. Yeah. yeah. So we can find out more and like, kind of see what's happening for you day to day through your Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Or, or any of my social media. Okay. Which one do you like best? Facebook, Instagram? What do you like resonating? No, I don't do any of it. I have to be honest. I have someone who does my social media. I have a personal Facebook page um, that I do, but I am so clueless about the other that um, this amazing person in California does it for me. I mean, I have input. Um, She says the Instagram is really the younger crowd. So my LinkedIn, she said, is really um, the best way. But, you know, I have a business Facebook page and a personal and... um, Instagram. So nice. I bet you it's never a dull moment at your house or in your life. Really. I mean, I'm so grateful you took the time to be here today to inspire our listeners. And on that note, is there anything you'd like, any words of wisdom you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Um, You know, I would tell women to um, be kind to themselves, you know, treat yourself with kindness and love and extend the same grace to yourself that you extend to other people. And, um, and guard your mind and your thoughts and how you think of other people, because the way you think of other people will be how you think of yourself. So I find when I make myself not be judgmental of others, no matter what they're doing to, to extend forgiveness, that I'm kinder to myself when I mess up, you know, so be kind to yourself and, and, you know, give yourself respect and grace.
Mm, such great words of advice. And, and honestly, really needed to hear that today because I'm really hard on myself. So <laughs> I really appreciate that. Women do that a lot. And I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm the same, but I tell myself all the time, it's like, you know, you're doing a good job. You just keep focusing one foot in front of the other and yeah. do the best you can do. And you can't do any better. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking your precious, precious time to be with us today. And uh, yeah, nice just nice to meet you too. Sending blessings. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be a value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.